It's quite the base. Yeah, blonde. Coming in hot. What your boys boys can do for you. Number one spot. Yes, welcome. <laughs> welcome to the Haas Boys Show. Yeah. I am Max, and I'm here with my friend Mike. Yo, what's up? Mike is our genius Formula One <laughs> personality on the show. I won't go that far, but yes. And I am the host. I ask Mike questions, and we figure out what Formula One is. <laughs> so if you're new to Formula One, we hope you stick around. Welcome. Because we're going to be talking racing. But yeah, welcome. Welcome to the show. Yes, thank you, Max. What we got on the, the podcast today. Yeah. I have some things I'm going to read to you. Okay. <laughs> I won't tell you yet. And then we're going to drive into some news. Uh-huh. And then the Canada Grand Prix happened. Mmm, Canadians. So we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about the infrastructure. And the, get deep into the Canadian infrastructure. <laughs> and talk about what Haas did at the Canada Grand Prix. Yes. And then we have been talking about motorsport disciplines. Mmm. Coined into like different areas. NASCAR. We've talked about NASCAR, IndyCar. Yeah. Today we're going to be talking about IMSA, Yo. Uh, which is endurance racing. So we're going to learn about what is endurance racing, how has it been in America, yeah. which is cool. Yeah, totally. Stoked about it. And then we have some listener questions. So Rad. We're just going to jump into it. Sounds like a good good episode coming your way. I'm stoked. And like I said, I have something I'm going to read to you. This is some poetry. Oh, yeah. okay. Yeah. Um, so We if, were just talking about poetry off mic. We were. But now we are on mic. Exactly. So, so continuing the conversation. <laughs> if you wanted to, can you cue up some sort of like poetry slam or maybe some like soft jazz? And I'll just give you some spoken. <laughs> You've got some sound effects. You've been sneaking some things in to surprise me. <laughs> um, uh, I wish we, I had a beat ready. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So, yeah. Input. I don't beat. know. If you want some like slow jazz, whatever smoky kind of poetry music. <laughs> <laughs> Careless whispers. Okay, so I'm going to read you this poem. Okay. If you want to tell me the poet or the mm, topic, yes, then please. I have to close my eyes to hear it, to feel it. Okay. Um, okay. So, if you coming for me, just know I got an army and we in the field like a farmer. You, I don't need a shield. Don't need armor. You, for real. Real life phenomenal. Rhyme tight like a corner. Lil Shine bright, make your cornea itch. <laughs> All right, okay, yes, sir. Call me Wheezy F1. My car fly like the Jetsons. You a small fry need ketchup. <laughs> fall behind, or you can catch up. You can fall down, or oh. you can step up. <sighs> Been a long time since I messed up. Oh. I told Father Time I'm his stepson. <laughs> Got him braided like Lewis. Got a Mercedes like Lewis. <laughs> I ain't in the last latest, but I'm in the newest. If I ain't the greatest, tell me who is. No capping. Do the dash. No toe tapping. Your girl, my co-captain. Driving <laughs> like Max Verstappen. Oh, no. <laughs> this is my world. I'm your champion. I got the formula, baby. Mix it like Arnold Palmer. <laughs> Lil Baby. Had a grill before formula, <laughs> baby. baby. On them trees like an ornament, baby. Engine sounding like harmony, baby. Ooh. Yeah, fast lane, Godspeed. Lil Wayne, victory lane. Got champagne on me, gone. So that was from Lil Wayne. Uh. <laughs> that was a poem. 
in one of the newest hit songs called This is the Formula. Oh, man. Written by another amazing poet named William James Adams Jr. Yes. A.K.A. Will I Am. Yes. He goes by his poet name, Will I Am. Will I Am, yeah. So we're going to read his his poem about Formula One now. Okay, cool. Okay. (laughs) Part two. Obviously, you know now this is the song. This is that the formula has been ruining the reputation of Formula One. And just before we become too harsh on uh, yeah. these poets, I'll read you Williams' verse. Okay, yeah, let's let's yeah. continue on. This is my recipe. Watch me go top speed. Got that full capacity. I got energy. My ability is zoom through your vicinity. Here's an FYI. You need to f your insecurities. It's actually f a. <laughs> I am in a quick whip, lightning quick. Y'all can't stick with it. I stay slick like I'm liquid. Um, super complex, ain't coming simplistic. I told him, I told him, I told him I'm sick with the cold. So let me encode him. <laughs> I got the ammo, so watch me reload him. I'm coming with flammables, time to explode him. Lots of Formula One references wow, in there. Oh, yeah. I just feel like I'm in a... In a Formula One car, pressing on the throttle, Oof. hitting the brakes on a tight corner. Okay. Overtaking Max Verstappen. Yeah. Don't yeah. you just sense it? Yeah, I'm I'm adjusting <laughs> knobs on the steering wheel. You know subconsciously. Oh, it's just I'm I am just astounded at the type of poetry coming out of America. Yeah, it's profound. Especially for this amazing sport. Oof. I'll say. Okay. In a serious note. Oh yes. Not often do we apologize for things on the show. <laughs> But a few episodes ago, we talked about the Miami Grand Prix, and I mentioned that Will I Am is a musician. Oh, yeah. And I take it back. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I think that's fair. I hate this song. It's so bad. <laughs> it's so bad. I have a question for you. Yes. Stemmed off of this poetry that we've spoken of. Yeah. Since we have arrived at the conclusion that two individuals, such as Lil Wayne yep. and William, yep. are ill-suited for this role yep. of creating a song for Formula One, yep. which poet, or in this case hip-hop artist, is suited for the job of who, writing a Formula One which song? Which rapper would we get Yes, to take over the actual Formula One yes. hip-hop song. If you were going to have, one. like, a theme. Yeah, if we... Because Will I Am took this upon himself. Yeah, this wasn't an assignment. And we have been furious. Yeah. Not like me and Mike. No. I'm pretty sure every fan of Formula One has been furious. I think that we've all avoided it. Yeah. Like, we d- we almost act like it didn't happen. Uh-huh. I haven't heard it, like, in, I'm a pretty... I, I like Formula Dank in some of these Reddit and yeah. meme pages. And I've seen about a fraction of anything around this. Mm -hmm. And I feel like it's because it's just that bad. Yeah. So who would step into the role Mm -hmm. and do it justice? This is a good question. This is a good question. I mean, off the top of my head. Yeah. I have one in mind. Yeah. Let's let's hear it. But this isn't going to be a surprise to you, I think. To me, I think that it would be really rad. I obviously am a little bit more retro in my hip hop, so Uh I'm not super current yeah but i do think that like somebody like kendrick lamar because he's so fast and he has so much rhythm yeah that i feel like he could do it justice Mm -hmm. by being able to kind of like i don't know give us some beat yeah he does have some cool rhythm or pace as you might say right yeah i was thinking yes if if you're going formula one do you want to go speed do you go like buster rhymes twista right do you want these like fast guys 
Right. I or was, do you want something kind of like interesting and creative for it? Yeah, I mean, like full attack. And the reason that I said retro before is because uh-huh. Ghostface Killer yep. would be somebody in my, like, that's who I would think would just absolutely destroy it in a good way uh-huh. yeah. <laughs> a Formula One song. Yeah. And I think in the modern age, somebody like Kendrick could do that justice. Yeah. But, uh, you know, I think that, you know, musically, sonically, I would love somebody mm-hmm. like the Fugees or the Roots to take something That'd like that fun. on. That's a good, that's a good point. Um, I was thinking like Nas, he, um, he has yeah. a song called Locomotive. Yeah. And it's like to the beat of a train. Yeah. And it's so good. He's lyrically amazing. So, so good. If you get him with like a beat that sounds like a Formula One pace. Yeah. He would be lyrically fun to hear. I, I, with, be, I bet we, you one of me these Me and Mike tracks. love that golden era of 90s oh, hip hop. Yeah. Oh, yeah. If you just get a good... Good sample, good good drum beat. Yeah. yeah, and if an artist can carry mm-hmm. something interesting uh-huh. enough to keep you rapping yeah. with it, and it yeah. is all it is is a locomotive, yeah, as a backtrack, mm-hmm. you know that they've got skill. Because, um, <laughs> I mean, Lil Wayne, quick history lesson. Yeah, at one point in his career, around the time the Carter Three was like recording that, and I think he was just like in his studio in a bus, and you could hear the papers that he had written raps on that he was ripping out and throwing on the floor as he was like finishing all those rhymes he had written down. And since then, he hasn't written a rhyme down since. Uh, really? All off the top of his head. Oh. And I think it's obvious. Yeah, it's, it's showing. <laughs> it's rearing its ugly head. Some, I mean, I mean <laughs> I, I'll say, like, Lil Wayne had some good songs. Yeah. And this is not one of them. This isn't, uh, yeah. If he would have just written some of that down and been like, have I watched a race? <laughs> Maybe I should rethink this verse and apply it to the sport. What do I remember about that race? <laughs> And someone was, like, were someone was like, oh, Lewis and Max Verstappen and everything else just kind of do it. I mean, it's off the top of your head, so we can't really control that. Just throw in <laughs> Lewis and Verstappen and you're good. Yeah, I would. Yeah, someone fun like A Tribe Called Quest. Oh, that'd be I'd incredible. love Q-Tip to do that. Yeah, yeah he would be fun, would great. funky and good. So that's my old school pick. Okay. New school. Um, I, I mean, Post Malone would probably do a good job. And oh. he's not very rappy anymore, but maybe Post Malone. With a feature like maybe Kendrick. That's a wild feature. Yeah, totally. It could be kind of interesting. It's bull smart guys. Totally. Anyway. Um, yeah, if I'm going to do an, a feature, it's going to be Anderson, Pack and Kendrick. Ah, uh, see, you nailed it. <laughs> you nailed it. I'm like, if there's going to be would, two people working that. together, I'm like, that. those guys crush. Yeah. They're real good together. Along with Anderson, Pack and yes. Kendrick Lamar. Yes. Why aren't we putting XNDNA in there? Like, <laughs> oh, yeah. Why isn't Lewis featured on this amazing Formula One song? Oh. You know he could lay that pipe down for this <laughs> song. <laughs> he said it himself. Oh, no. Honestly, uh, that is my pick. Yeah. I love the Kendrick and Lewis as featured <laughs> verses and then Anderson Pack on like a chorus. I think that might be the ultimate version of a yeah. Formula One song. And when Lewis be. wins a race, he could rap it over the, <laughs> on the, podium. the podium. Top step podium. We know. Hip-hop. We know. He, he, he wants to. Oh, yeah. <laughs> He plays. He hasn't recorded a lot. No, and he's he wants to. He wants to be able to. Yeah, pick up that champagne bottle and drop it and pick up a microphone. You know, deep down inside, Lewis would be like, "Yeah, I would record that." And secretly, he'd be really hoping that he could play it at Coachella at yeah. some point. Oh yeah, he'd be like, "I'm I'm a drive." He's like, hey, "My Mercedes hey, out Kendrick, on stage." I know you're headlining Coachella. Would you? Do you want to like maybe do that Formula One song we did? <laughs> That, maybe, maybe I'll that, be in town. He shows up on stage. Someone drives him out in a car, <laughs> and then and then Angela runs out and opens the door and yeah. hands him his mic. Yeah, yeah. yeah. 
Nah, he just scoot her out onto the stage. <laughs> With like a Spice Girls like headset, yeah. just singing with the scooter, no hand mic. It's 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 flesh tone. Yeah, <laughs> uh, and just scooter out on that plank into the crowd. But he has to scoot he has around, to push, does um, a lap, and then leaves. He has to push a microphone button on the handlebar of his scooter yeah. for his mic to be activated. Yeah, so that way it's just like his car. Oh, wow. That's great. Okay. So that was uh, some fun poetry. Yes. Recited by Max from the Haas Boys. I'm going to put in some bongos here. (laughs) (laughs) Moving on to news. (laughs) We move to Detroit. Yes. So I wanted to talk about this briefly just because there has been a IndyCar race since this happened because there was a Road America race yesterday. But they did a Detroit Grand Prix, not this weekend, again, two weekends ago. Where they is the first time IndyCar has visited Detroit in a super long time. Okay. But the street circuit was awesome. Yeah. It was so cool. I was eating it up. It was so fun to watch. (laughs) And I just have to give it a shout out because the roads are terrible and the streets are narrow. And it was just claiming people left and right. And I was just loving it. It was so fun to watch. Roman Grosjean. Kind of in typical fashion, was having a great race, piled it into the fence. Uh, <laughs> dang it. Roman, Roman. Yes, Mr. Roman. Yeah. But there, the track was so new. And I, I mean, there's so many factors that like slightly offline mm-hmm. and braking slightly differently meant that you hit a bump oh. that then your brakes weren't fully effective. And, and then you're just wow. toast. It was so good to Crazy. watch. I was loving it. Um, Alex Pillow, who is a McLaren reserve driver, mm-hmm. wa- uh, won the race. And it's because he's just super clinical, like really n- nails mm, his marks, doesn't mess up. Ideal situation. Yeah. So he just, he wiped the floor with everybody. <laughs> it was great. So anyways, if you get a chance for highlights, I would definitely recommend watching the Detroit GP highlights. It was super fun. Road America is also enjoyable. I feel like IndyCar this year has actually been great. So if you have just tuned in, I just want to make sure that I acknowledge it because it has been fun to watch. If you want to know what IndyCar is, a couple episodes ago, we talked about IndyCar. We did. Did explain it? So if you need questions answered, go listen to that episode. Go check it out. Then on top of that, just because I feel like on the coattails of the success of reviving a Detroit Grand Prix, yep. NASCAR this week mm-hmm. will be heading to Chicago to run a brand new street course Dang. through the streets of Chicago. Fun. And I love this idea. Yeah, this is fun. It's really cool to see these motorsports that have kind of long lived in ovals mm-hmm. sort of take to the streets of some cities. Yeah, I can't imagine a NASCAR stock car. Going through a street circuit. Right. Like handling a 90 degree turn. Right. It's brutal. With like 40 cars <laughs> yeah. in like a line. I guess NASCAR drivers have to figure out a whole new different driving style because we talked about at Definitely. NASCAR in a previous episode uh-huh. and they kind of like bump each other along. You can't do that on a street circuit. No. There's too many corners and walls and, and factors. Yeah. And so again, actually something that we're, I'm just realizing that we also uh-huh. haven't approached. Yeah. Is Le Mans. So we're going to get there. We're going to Okay, we so we're going to get there. Yeah. So, but as a quick note of that, NASCAR uh-huh. this year, mm-hmm. because they have that new car, they're all speaking French. Is <laughs> moi? NASCAR would love that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Fandom loves French people. Yeah, it definitely up. changes to be made in NASCAR. <laughs> but 
they did run a car, a NASCAR. Oh, at Le Mans. Fun. And uh, just to kind of Ooh. as like an exhibition yeah. event and to also test the car's durability and a uh-huh. few other things. So this was the first year they've ever done it. Well, And it was interesting because it was somewhere between prototype cars and a GT car. So when we talk later about that, I can explain a little more. But cool. part of the reason why I, why I was going to say that, though, is NASCAR taking to the streets in the current car uh-huh. is far less clumsy is the word that i will use to describe it uh compared to previous generation cars it's a bit more agile now yeah the previous ones were just so fat and heavy that it was funny to watch them do like the daytona road course after you've watched the rolex 24 because you're like they're just so slow and they just can't even do it you're like maybe just do the oval guys this is (laughs) kind of embarrassing yeah yeah (laughs) so anyways i think that this chicago street race is going to be epic cool it's going to be really cool. Wish I'd know. Maybe I can still get a flight to Chicago and just get a hotel room that looks the, over, the, over the circuit. Do it. That'd be fun. It would be super fun, and I'd love to hear your report. Yeah, we'll see if I can do that. <laughs> <laughs> so, but anyways, that That's was cool. some things that are coming up this week that are going to be super fun. Yeah. Uh, because we don't have a Formula One race this week. Correct. I think the next one is... In the month of July. First weekend of July. Yeah, July 1st. We got the Australian Grand Prix Red in Bull. Spielberg, Austria. Red Bull's home turf. That's your favorite. It's like Spa. It's, well, it's not. That Spielberg is Austria and Spa's in Belgium. Who even knows? <laughs> Me. Well, that's what I think they are. <laughs> so moving on, speaking yeah. of the Grand Prix. Yes. Um, we're going to move in and talk about the Canada Grand Prix, which just happened Montreal. in Montreal. Yes. The French-speaking Montreal. The French. The French. Yeah, Montreal. Um, start off talking about Haas. We love Haas. Yes. Um, they didn't do quite well. I think, I mean. It started start, off Do great. you want to start with Holkenberg's P2? Right. And then yes. just how he continually gets robbed. <laughs> totally. Yeah. The worst luck in the history of Formula One belongs, and you're going to think I'm going to say Charles Leclerc. It belongs to Nico Hulkenberg. We should talk about his unlucky history. We've, it, t- we've done a deep dive into his like uh, like entrance like, into Formula One. Right. We should deep dive into his unlucky past. Like some episodes the moments soon. where it was taken away from him. Yeah, because yeah. there's been one already this <laughs> yeah. a podium this year. Yeah, totally. And then yeah, he qualified second in qualifications. Right. And then red flag. Yes. He got P2 starting front row at the race. Right. And then got like a dumb little penalty. The dumbest penalty I've ever heard. Driving too quickly under red flag conditions. He's a race car driver mm. behind the wheel of a Formula One car where tires only operate. You can't operate. expect him to not always want to go fast. Well, tires only operate at certain temperatures. Uh, so if you drive too slow... Yeah. The tires stop working. Yeah. Dumb rule. Yeah. And it's not like he drove past an ambulance that was going 50 miles an hour. Yeah. We should be exempt from the rules. I think anyone who is lower than P5 (laughs) in the the championship standings should be like "Mm, a little bit more lenient on the rules. (sighs) That's Lewis Hamilton only. (laughs) So... I, I will get to that. I will um, definitely get to that this so it was, weekend. It sucked. He start. He was should have been, you know, starting second place. Right. Got bumped back to like fifth. Yeah. Didn't get three places. He had to start I, back. From. I believe that was the yeah. And then if you want to talk about more bad luck in the race, I mean, Nick I th- DeVries was getting in the way of Kevin Magnuson. <laughs> yeah. I hated that. <laughs> I mean, Nick DeVries right now is like. Just give me some television time. <laughs> I don't care if it's negative. I just want to keep a job. 
it was annoying. Yeah, it was he, not the he best. He like locked up his wheels going into a corner and Kevin Maxson was on the outside and just couldn't turn. Just like, oh, okay, I guess I'll go straight. Yeah, I have to go straight with you off right. the track and then just dumb. Not great racing. Yeah, did not was not a fan of Nick DeVries. <laughs> well, and then Haas didn't really perform. There was someone on Reddit who was so mad. They're like, why am I still rooting for Haas? Oh. And I don't like that question. No. Because it's, it's obvious. Yeah. That's what we call a fair weather fan. Yeah. Is when you're only around for the good <laughs> days. But I understand frustrations. Yes. But just just always realize that two years ago, we had Mazepin on our team. Yeah, Mazepin. And we were miles behind, like, the last of the last people. It was... It was horrible. Shameful. Yeah. So, we are progressing, and we're doing good. We're, we're definitely heading in the right direction. Right direction. I mean, Holkenberg, P2, you know. Right. Kevin Magnuson got a poll last year. We're seventh in the standings right now. Right. So, like, things are good. Williams got a seventh place this weekend crazy which was a big points haul yeah (laughs) it's not a lot but (laughs) big points haul for williams yeah still didn't overtake haas so i mean at the end of the day Mm -hmm. we're still cruising along we're making forward momentum yeah there are some things that i will quickly touch on a little later but i want to get through canadian grand prix before i get your highlights mike but uh there are some upgrades and things that i think we can see coming to the haas that will change how the car performs in race. Nice. Trim, which is what we know, yeah. right? We know that once the race got going that we were going to kind of struggle a bit. Uh-huh. It was unfortunate because I was hoping that the temperatures might be a little bit cooler uh-huh. uh, from the rain the day before, that maybe we would have a little bit better uh, tire preservation preservation because of temperatures. Uh-huh. Uh, and unfortunately, that just didn't pan out. But the race itself yep. was enjoyable to watch, I, I know. Everyone, uh, everyone who's listening to this and everyone who watched the race is like, oh, but Max won again and he, yeah, it was easy and bleh. Yeah. I agree. Uh-huh. Don't get me wrong. Mm-hmm. I'm tired of seeing Max win. Yeah. And Sergio Perez is blowing it. So first and foremost, I feel like we talked about it a few <sighs> yeah. times this year and I feel like we do need to address it. Where the hell did Sergio Perez go? I don't know. He was... Our only hope at the beginning of the year. He was. He was our Obi-Wan Kenobi. He really was. And now he's turning out to be a real Reva. It's a... <laughs> <laughs> he's just a... He's just now a... he's turning out to be a real uncle. nerve herder. He's just a real Uncle real Owen. S- real Uncle Owen. <laughs> this is scruffy nerve herder. Drinks blue milk. <laughs> he's not. He's not pod racing, that's for sure. Definitely not. He's... If it, if he is, he's Sebulba. Yeah. So, oh, I just am, I'm disappointed to say yeah. that that has slipped away from him in a big yeah. way. Uh huh. But uh, and I again another no example more great than this weekend to see just mm-hmm. not a great qualifying effort, not a great redemption. Yeah. But here's a huge highlight. First is Max. Second is Fernando Alonso. Third, Lewis Hamilton. Yeah. The three world champions in the sport. Uh huh. All of them on the podium. Yeah. Those three world champions, uh-huh. different manufacturers. Oh, yep. Something that I'm loving about it. That's a and good point. I, I know that we're still not closing that gap quite yet. Mm-hmm. It's just to see three different cars on the podium. Yeah. It's been a while since we've had this kind of diversity on the podium for right. the manufacturers. Yeah. And so to see that each week is just something that I'm I'm eating up. But then also, also to see the three best drivers. I mean, I'm and aware also of three it. drivers that deep down hate each other. Totally. Like the most uncomfortable cool down room for sure. Lewis and Alonzo <laughs> hated each other. They've grown. Right. But they do still remember. Oh, it's the So the, they're 
it's cordial, like in the cold cool down room. But Max hates Lewis. Lewis hates Max. It's definitely there. Alonzo still. is, according to Alonzo, the only guy in that room. <laughs> that's, a, that's the best description. <laughs> so best description. it's a fun. That is a fun podium. Totally. And I, you know, funny enough, something that I heard that I I feel like I can acknowledge as well is that you know, ever since the whole debacle in 2021 went down, I will give Lewis some credit. This is where I find his sportsmanship is truly there. Is that Lewis may not be the warmest person towards Max, mm-hmm. but he's never really denied his existence. Yeah, he he's a good sportsman, and he hasn't been that. like Max cheated me yep. in Abu Dhabi. Yeah, it's like no, the FIA blew it. Yeah. And they made some controversial calls and Max won the race. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's cool of him to acknowledge where the problem was and to not make it a beef. But anyways, I felt like that podium was was cool to see. I hope we get to see more of it now that Mercedes has turned a little bit of a corner. Uh-huh. And I do hope to see that uh, Aston Martin and Fernando continue to push forward towards Red Bull. Yeah. And it seems like maybe we're getting there. I love that George Russell crashed. Dude, I (laughs) thank you for saying it. I'm not going to lie that when they were like, oh, no, there's a car in the wall. Like, as soon as I heard Crofty say that, I was like, all right, who is it? <laughs> and they showed a, a black and blue Mercedes trundling along <laughs> with some damage. And I was like, yeah, baby. <laughs> so yeah. Did you like when in the new Grand Tour special, Jeremy Clarkson calls George Russell George Thingy? Yeah. I think I was like, that's just what I want to call him from now on. I don't know how Jeremy can always be on the George same George thingy page as the rest of us. <laughs> yeah. But so, he seems to get it. So he just George always thingy gets crashed. it. Yeah. George, George thingy <laughs> smashed the wall. And so I, again, I love the Canadian circuit because it is unforgiving. You step offline just a little mm. bit and you can smash a wall super easy. Mm. And so we did get some of that jeopardy that we were kind of hoping for in that way. Yeah. Uh, and <laughs> actually probably moment of the race yeah. where I feel like Max showed a color that like his true colors. Is this but, what you're going to talk about? Yeah. I think <laughs> you're going to talk about what I think you're going to talk about. Yeah. Where I was like, I don't know if I would come over the radio and say it quite like that. Yeah. When he's like, I almost knocked myself out on the curb. <laughs> 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 it's like, that just, is the guy who knows he's going to win a championship. He's just destroying everyone. Yeah. Oh, gosh. Yeah. I uh, just <laughs> hit a curb, guys. Yeah. The 2021 season, he would have been yelling like, at the technical. Why is the tire pressure <laughs> on the front left 0.5 bar below where it should be? Yeah. Just I could feel furious. it on the curb. But now he's just, ha ha. <laughs> it almost knocked me off my knob. <laughs> Free ice cream for everyone. <laughs> what a lovely Grand Prix. <laughs> Such a dork. So anyways, not my favorite moment of the race. Yeah. But actually, the moment where I raged at mm-hmm. my television, and it's funny, it, it evoked a feeling that I have not felt in some time. Yeah, you're very Darth <sighs> Vader about this. Uh, yeah, well, it's because it's just it's Obi Wan. It's deep rooted. <laughs> it's deeply rooted. Mercedes unsafe released Lewis Hamilton from his pit box in the path of Fernando Alonso. Mm, yeah, and there w- it is textbook, no reading between the lines, an unsafe release. You know. get penalized for it. No. No team gets away with it. No. We had the safe release. They investigated <laughs> it. And then Crofty comes over the airwaves and he says, and the FI have decided no further action. 
action. No further action is necessary <laughs> I, for the Mercedes team. I almost grabbed my television off of the wall, ripped it from its mounts, and chucked it. I was so, so mad. I have forgotten what it feels like Darth to Wolf have a rule. And his, and his underling, Lewis Hamilton, are freed from any penalties in the Empire. That's what it is. It's what it is. It's the Empire. They just make up whatever they want. But a clear-cut rule fully just thrown out the window because it was Lewis. Yeah. And I was livid. And again, I'm like, the reason I was livid is that it just was... The the wound is still open, and I'm just not aware of it, Mm -hmm. of what that time period of Mercedes dominance felt like. Yeah. And was Total Wolf mocking Alonzo? I saw a clip. (laughs) I saw a clip of Toto like smiling and doing like a like jerk in the wheel around like and like back to like and I was like, what the They will not know. (laughs) Michael. Michael, it's get on the phone with the FIA. Toto, Michael was let go after the twenty twenty one season. I don't care. You go by Michael. Tell the Emperor we don't want a penalty. (laughs) Yes, the penalty will not be happening. You tell the Empire. You tell him now. <laughs> this is not how we do business. Oh, uh, yeah. Crazy. Crazy stuff. Mercedes is never accused of anything unsafe. Ever. It's just, yeah. I have never done anything wrong in my life, ever in my life. <laughs> and the FIA is like, yes, Toto, we know this and we love you. Yeah. And then as soon- Money, please. <laughs> and then they give Mercedes truckloads of money. <laughs> if any of your drivers end up in the wall, then you guys are in the shit. Yep. It's your fault. Uh, it's great sound effects. <laughs> so, anyways, good highlights from the Canada Grand Prix. Canada the Grand Prix was it was actually a very eventful race. Uh-huh. It was fun to watch, and I think good things are to come. The last little notes: Ferrari actually had a really good race, and it was despite a lot of what it had felt during the race because Carlos Sainz and Charles were both questioning strategy pretty aggressively over the radio. Yeah, but with the strategy that did not seem obvious. They pulled off a fourth and fifth place finish. Okay, yeah, good for them. And so they stayed out during the safety car, stayed on their tires. That seemed like a very dangerous roll of the dice mm-hmm. that everyone else would be on fresh tires around them. Yeah. And they managed to finish yeah. just below the podium. Ferrari also seemed to be turning the corner a little bit on pace. Uh-huh. They did bring some upgrades and their car was decently quick. They blew it in qualifying. Yeah. But I do think that, believe it or not, the car in the that's not in the equation for that podium that mm-hmm. I think could have been there was Ferrari. So as we head into Spielberg, they might be more of a force to be reckoned with before the end of the year. So I'm excited to see what they've got. Did you say you had some thoughts about Haas upgrades? And that's where I was heading with that. So thank you for the tea. I'm a good host. (laughs) So finally, and this is the last thought from Montreal, Fred Vassior has said, that they have now, they're now moving away from the side pod that they have been doing, which is that kind of tubbed mm. on oh, yeah, top. Yeah, yeah. It kind of like bellows in a little bit, but doesn't go all the way down. Yeah, it looks like you could have a hot tub in there. Yeah, it's like a, it's like a little swimming pool. Mm-hmm. Maybe do some chips looks and comfy. salsa or something. In yeah. Spaghetti bolognese. It does kind of look like those salsa sub- sombrero hats. <laughs> totally. Yeah. yeah. When they'll get from Tosteros. And if you're thinking, what are they talking about? Just imagine putting a sombrero hat design on an F1 car and being like, we should probably change this. <laughs> Maybe that's what Ferrari's finally thinking. They're probably looking at it and being like, this isn't working. So They're like, we were very hungry and we're in Mexico and we came up with the design. We came up with this design right after the Mexican Grand Prix. <laughs> <laughs> it didn't seem like a good idea at the time. <laughs> 
<laughs> so, but if you've seen where Mercedes and Aston Martin and Red Bull all are, their side pods kind of like disappear into the like the floor. Okay. And so they sort of ramp downward. Okay. Once yeah. you're on top of them, so like uh if you're looking on a top-down view, you can see that they go, like, downward. Yeah. As opposed to the tub, like Ferrari. Now, the other, obviously, the other three cars that I've mentioned are now the top three running cars. Yep. And so, from what I understand, it sounds like Ferrari is going to adopt this same side pod. And you think Haas is next to do it? Bingo. I think that Haas will be quick to follow, especially given that their car has struggled a little bit. And being similar to the Ferrari, I think that that could make big gains for the team. Oh, totally. So I'm They're hopeful. just like right there and they are struggling with like the degradation, like the tires wearing out. Because like what we talked about, like aerodynamics are like pushing that car down. Yeah. I think Gunter talked about like once they get into like a fight, like dirty air, they're like competing with each other, like the degradation goes up like crazy. Totally. So yeah, that sounds like fun. I yeah. mean, sounds hopeful. Yeah. I think it's, it's could eliminate a little bit of drag. Yep. Give us a little bit of a, a better tire life and yeah. then hopefully kind of repair some of the damage we have yeah. during the race. And honestly, we still have more than half of the season left. Tons right? of time. Yeah. yeah. And so there's lots of points to be gained. There's definitely positions in the Constructors Championship to climb up on. And I think we'll be we'll be fine. We still still have a lot of season to get those points. Still got tons of season left. Well, we're only at around nine. Yeah, and there's 23 races, 22 races this year. Sounds like it. So got plenty of time to recover. Are we ready to go? Let's. Do you want to shift gears for that next section? Yeah, I do. Yeah, hold it down. Shift those gears. Second, third, second, fourth. That's how you shift gears. At least that's how I drive a stick. <laughs> nice. Heel towing our way out of that section and into the next one, shifting gears. Max, what we got next? We're going to be talking about another motorsport discipline now, oh. endurance racing. Ooh. Not only are we talking about all the different types of motorsports, just to give newcomers a chance to learn about them. Um, but we did have a listener write in and talk about how much he likes endurance racing. Oh yeah. And I'll read a bit from his email. It's a very long email. I don't think we have time to read it all, but and this is the email from Don that you mentioned in last episode. Yes. Yeah. This is the email. Um, he, he mentioned IMSA and he also talked about, so I'm going to read off first off his, uh, he compares the, some of the major motorsport events to food. Oh yes. Yeah. So. Right off the bat, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll start. We'll save the Formula One comparison. Okay. But that'll be the last you, one. Let me see if you agree with these. Okay. He says NASCAR is more like pizza. Okay. It's here. It's there. It's everywhere. <laughs> Lots <laughs> of people like it. When it's good, it's great. When it's bad, it's still pretty good. Yeah. Okay. It's good. Roy Kent. <laughs> Who's Roy Kent from Ted Lasso? Oh, yeah. yeah. yeah he's, the, he's here. Yeah. He's there. He's every effing where. Yeah. Bro, I can't. <laughs> so, but anyways, yeah, pizza is delicious and it yeah. is good in almost every form, uh-huh. even if it's a Sabaro. Yeah. And so I think <laughs> that you're correct in your analysis of NASCAR. Yeah. Yeah. Mass uh, consumerism. For sure. IndyCar Ooh. is like great street tacos. Okay. Delicious. A little more nuanced. Mm-hmm. It's true. A bit of a delicacy, but common enough that most people will enjoy it. Yeah. I can see that. Okay. I think open wheel racing seems like a foreign thing. Totally. But it's American. Yeah. And I think tacos now are very much... A foreign thing, but American. Yeah. Until you go into the restaurants where they make you get your own ingredients Uh on the top and they've got those open 
pots of cilantro you know, and people can, onions and yeah. it's communal and you're like, do I dare? Yeah. Do I, do I delve into it that? Can, you know, the answer is yes. Tacos are very much like an adventure food. It is. <laughs> They're like, mm, should I get them? <laughs> should I do it? <laughs> Carnitas? Let, let's go on an adventure. Oh let's get gosh. some tacos. It's going to be real good. <laughs> and like we said last Valley girls like we tacos. said last time. Yeah. He says IMSA, which is what endurance racing is in the United States. Correct. IMSA is like sushi folks who love sushi really love sushi but it can be complicated and is not for everyone totally and i think we'll get into why it's kind of complicated because it's not like a normal race the structure is a bit different not so straightforward yeah and that leaves us with the last one formula one okay can you guess what it is cold stone creamery formula one is not cold stone creamery (laughs) it is a premium steak dinner at an expensive steakhouse the finest cuts the most glamorous settings the best of the best ruth's chris yes it is the ruth's chris of motorsports dominatrix chris (laughs) why does ruth i've always wondered this why does ruth possess a chris i don't know very it seems like in our current society not acceptable yeah sorry (laughs) reverse out of that gear Anyway, yeah, I love your analogies, Don. Yeah, those are great analogies. Spot on. Yeah, fine steak dinners, seasoned to perfection. And if that's help, if that helps some of you listeners decide what you're feeling for motorsport, then yeah, dive into those foods. Have you ever eaten at Morton's Steakhouse before? Have you ever had a Morton's Steakhouse? No steak. While uh, on the road with my brother once, yeah, he decided that it was that he was going to treat for dinner, uh-huh. uh, which was very kind of him. And we were in Portland, yeah, and we asked a friend of his, "Where would you go if you're going to go to dinner tonight in Portland and a good restaurant?" Yeah, and he's like, "Well, they have a Morton's Steakhouse here in Portland that's delicious. I love going there." Mm-hmm. So we went there. Yeah, and all I can tell you is that I ca- I can't remember how good the steak was, but I'm sure it was good. Yeah, but our waiter had a very funny quirk and it was that he would sh- he showed us all the cuts and that's part of like the presentation they bring Ooh, you a like nice a, steakhouse yeah they bring you all the steaks and they're like this is a new york cut just blah, 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 blah. but my favorite thing about this waiter is that each each cut was phenomenal <laughs> this new york steak it's so good it's phenomenal <laughs> every single one of them was phenomenal. it's hard to choose a steak when they're all the same yeah exactly adjective but it was the best <laughs> it was so good it was what an experience so anyways and we can say that about most of the drivers correct they're yeah. all phenomenal we don't know where they were cut from but except man for, they were phenomenal except for drivers. nick debris except I'm very mad at him for nick debris and george thingy George Thingy's a funny one. Yeah. He's kind of a quirky cut. He's mm-hmm. what? He's skirt steak. It's yeah. what he ends up being carne asada. <laughs> so anyways, but yes, uh, I love those analogies, Don. Thank you for sending those in. So we're going to dive in now to the IMSA, endurance racing. Yeah. And I don't know how I want to attack it because Le Mans just happened. If right. you're an American, Lee Mans. Lee Mans. You might have heard that more. <laughs> Layman's, and that is like the king of all endurance racing, right? Um, and it happens in France, and we do have endurance racing here in the United States, correct? Why don't you start out telling us what endurance racing is, how the races are won, okay? And then we can dive into maybe Layman's, and then the history of Layman's in the United States and endurance racing. Yeah, I think that's great. Cool. So endurance racing is is different from your typical motorsport Mm -hmm. because it isn't run on laps. Okay. Yeah. So most of, I mean, all of everything other than endurance racing has a set amount of laps. Think Mario Kart. Right. Yeah. We all know Mario Kart rules. You know how many laps? Typically three, unless (laughs) you change the settings and you're weird. (laughs) Yeah. There are three laps in those races. 
And, you know, in Formula One, basically around two hours is the length of a race. Mm -hmm. And they will judge that off of fuel mileage and a few other things. But the number of laps that they can achieve will be two hours or so in length. Yeah. But, you know. First person to finish all the laps wins. 76 laps is told at the beginning of the race. That's how many there are. Right. In endurance racing, there is an unset number of laps. Mm -hmm. They will go for 24 hours. Some of the races are only 12 or 6 hours, but the 24-hour races are obviously the big landmark events. Mm -hmm. And in those events, it is timed for a full 24 hours. And then once the clock rolls over that 24th hour, Mm -hmm. they wave the white flag on the leader, Mm -hmm. and that is the final lap of the race. Okay. And then the checker flag ends the event. Gotcha. But during the event, they keep the timing and scoring kind of the same way as a normal race. Mm -hmm. And so they do track the number of laps. And each Le Mans is a little different because there's variables like rain and whatever. Mm -hmm. If it's a fully dry Le Mans without any wrecks, Mm -hmm. then yeah, they'll do a record number of laps. And, And in a sense, in Formula One, all the cars will go the same distance. Correct. Because like 50 laps, everyone's going to do that. It's the same distance. Mm -hmm. In endurance racing, one car, the leader presumably, is going to, in a sense, have driven the furthest. Right. Because they were going the fastest for the longest. Right. And so they did X amount of miles, probably so many miles. Right. And in the end, that's how they win. Totally. And, and, you know, if the second place car is only a few seconds behind, Mm -hmm. then they'll go the same distance, Mm -hmm. but just in a different time. Yeah. Right. And so... But a lot of cars don't finish on the lead lap because it's an endurance race. And and this is, in, in case you need a visual, I mean, if you saw Ford v. Ferrari, right. this is that race. This is endurance. Yep. They go all night, and then they they measured that technicality by like, oh, they actually went further. Right. Yeah, because yeah. they crossed line at the same time. Yep. But okay, yeah. So that's great. Pretty, a pretty intense race. Uh, obviously, there's so many variables for racing for 24 hours. Mm-hmm. By comparison to Formula One How car... How do you go to the bathroom? <laughs> well, there's... There are more than one driver okay. for each car. Okay. And so each car can have sometimes three, usually three, sometimes four okay. different drivers. And they all are in the car together, like a road <laughs> trip. <laughs> Antonio, <laughs> you can't fart while Just I'm doing this. Endurance road tripping. Just so stinky in the car. <laughs> Not a good idea. Yeah. So no, they switch off. Yeah. And, uh, but also, yeah, they, they have... A team uh, for a car is also made up of a team of drivers. Mm-hmm. Again, sometimes three to four. And there are also various classes, which is something that I think that we need to quickly cross that bridge. Yeah, because there was a new class this year that's you said it's been making it exciting. Right. And so in the past, there had been this kind of top tier, whatever the top class is, is mm-hmm. the overall winner of Le Mans. Okay, that makes sense. As something that we'll get into a little bit later and its relevance between World Endurance Championship, which is the Le Mans race, Uh takes place in WEC or World Endurance Championship, versus IMSA, which is the American version of the endurance competition for sports cars. There was a difference here for so many years, but the top class is the overall winner. Okay. And this year was a hypercar class that they created, mm-hmm. and they were trying to... In the previous years, a lot of the top tier was usually like one or two major manufacturers duking it out for overall bragging rights. Okay. But never really that much competition. Okay. It was rare to see more than two or three manufacturers gunning for it. Mm -hmm. So with the creation of Hypercar, they were trying to uh, appeal to more 
kind of manufacturers lure, lure these manufacturers out that hadn't competed in a while. Right. And one of those manufacturers that hadn't competed in a while was Ferrari. So. Ferrari. <laughs> Ferrari. They haven't done it in a while. And a, and a good minute. Mm-hmm. Uh, with them was also Porsche that they brought back. Fun. Love it. Peugeot, which hasn't done it in a while. Uh-huh. Alpine. Mm-hmm. And Toyota. Cool. And so these are, there's also a couple like uh, Glickenhaus is a kind of just a prototype team. Mm-hmm. They've Sounds developed fake. their own car. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> but that's kind of what prototype racing has been for a long time. And part of the reason why for both IMSA and WEC, it appealed to be like, mm-hmm. we got to get these manufacturers back involved. Cool. So this was a really big year, a really big opportunity. So the first time in like lots of years that you had these a lot of fun manufacturers actually competing really against fast each cars other. Yeah. to compete at Lee Mans. <laughs> yeah, totally. Fun. Yeah, so it was it was a big deal. I mean, that right there, that's a great overview of like what endurance racing is. Right. And then like how like the cars in it mm-hmm. and why this year has been exciting. Totally. Um, and then who won Le Mans? Should we talk about that before we go into the history of the United States with endurance racing? Right. Yeah. So this was a big deal as well. So uh, one last thing, this is the hundredth running of the Le Mans this year. So, oh, big centennial s- celebration. Yeah. It's a big wow. deal. And part of the reason why they're again, trying to appeal to bring those manufacturers wow, They've back. been doing it since like 1923. Yep. So. So wow. Le Mans, That's a crazy. Yeah, Le Mans thing. has always been a proving ground for every manufacturer since the beginning of like car manufacturing. And when it started, it was probably just like, whose car can last 24 hours? Pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And these days it's still kind of that. It's still kind of that. Yeah. But and, it's next level. And again, to, to just draw a small Light parallel speed. to our our you know, our favorite sport that we talk about each week, Formula One. Uh-huh. A Formula One engine is designed to go how far? like three or four races yeah before that engine explodes because it's been exhausted right and we were talking about how average length of a race is two hours hours, so like six hours so eight hours yeah Yeah. it's like uh these are meant to go 24 without going bust Uh and doing speeds that are insane Mm -hmm. uh a couple years ago porsche wanted to prove how fast their lemon car was they actually took it to spa Mm -hmm. and just wanted to do a few time attacked runs around belgium's racetrack spa and they did break the formula one lap record with that car So a 24-hour endurance race car was faster than a a Formula One car around its own track. Pretty insane. And it does it for 24 hours. So Yeah, that's nuts. A very impressive sport. The level of performance is just Super high. Now, as we've talked about now, 100 years, Mm -hmm. and moving on to this year's race, Ferrari won, beating all the other manufacturers in this brand new Uh hypercar class. Uh And the reason that that is significant... Tell us. Is that Ferrari's last win at Le Mans uh-huh. was 1965. <laughs> oh, crap, man. <laughs> and they have not been on the podium. Oh, geez. Getting their butts kicked. But Ever since those four days. Exactly. Holy so cow. 1965 was the year before Ken Miles, Bruce McLaren, and then finished do you, ahead of Ferrari. <laughs> do you think Italians hate Ford v. Ferrari, the movie? I mean, it might, there's a good they chance. Might. There's a good because chance. Because it just like cemented the fact that it's like, hey, this happened and you guys haven't done anything <laughs> to say anything since then. I think that the only defense that I can say as a, as a person who does like Ferrari and I feel like they have such cool heritage uh-huh. is that Ford dumped millions into beating them. Yeah. And Ferrari was just already there. Yeah. <laughs> They'd been doing it so long that they weren't dumping millions into beating Ford. Uh (laughs) And Ford was like, 
I'll sink my ship <laughs> yeah. trying to take down Enzo. Yeah. Uh, and Enzo was like, I'll just show up mm-hmm. and I might still beat you. Yeah. And in 1965, he did beat him. Yeah. <laughs> so, But fun fact for Formula One fans, Antonio Giovinazzi right. was one of the drivers for the winning Ferrari team. Yes. Yeah, so kudos, huge. dude. Super huge. And even diving a little deeper into that, Charles Leclerc is uh, originally from Sauber Alfa Romeo Formula uh, the, yeah, One team. That's how he entered. Antonio Giovinazzi was also a former Sauber Alfa Romeo. Alfa Romeo driver. And he's now a Le Mans champ. He's a Le Mans champ. Also another- One of the triple crowns. Yes. And also another former Sauber Formula One driver, mm-hmm. Alfa Romeo, Marcus Erickson is an Indy 500 champion. So we just need old- Charles Leclerc to finish that triple crown. If he just win one Monaco race, <laughs> oh, one freaking that, race at home. Nah, he is cursed. So, oh, if he sad. can do it, though, at least the last three graduates uh-huh. of Sauber yeah. can say that they've won the triple they, crown yeah, collectively. That, yeah. <laughs> Shoot, man. Uh, poor Charles Leclerc. Hey, Chucky. So, anyway. Yeah, anyways, moving on to IMSA. IMSA, yeah. So what is IMSA? How to get started. IMSA is the American equivalent of the World Endurance Championship for America. Cool. It's history. You ready for this? Uh Uh-huh. Drum roll. Mm -hmm. Is kind of the same story as IndyCar. As IndyCar. Yeah. We remember IndyCar kind of split. Right. Started off as like a racing thing, split off into two different kind of like leagues. Similar thing, but different. Yeah, for some reason. And uh, would come together for the Indy 500. And and then they eventually were like, hey, let's just be one. Let's just, let's just do f- this together. And then the fans weren't confused anymore. Yeah. They exploded. <laughs> yeah. Ta-da! Now yeah. we have a great open wheel series in America. Uh-huh. Same kind of deal for endurance racing. Okay. There was, there's several different names. You've probably heard Grand Am before uh-huh. and not just the Pontiac, Pontiac. <laughs> best car. Right. But Grand Am was also a endurance racing discipline. Okay. All of the various names and versions of this sport that's existed all the way back to when it kind of established with Bill France Sr., who was... The original uh, NASCAR founder okay. founded the original IMSA, and as kind of a fun little tale, his son is the one that reunited it okay, and brought IMSA back. Just uh, like Star Wars. Yeah, it's usually like that. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta have, gotta have the offspring show you Bring that you balance were just back to the IMSA. a small demon. <laughs> if your child can there look at a, you and be like, a, Dad, you're a douche. There was an endurance racing prophecy. <laughs> yeah. That one day a son would be born to bring balance back to the leagues of endurance racing. You were the one, Bill Fratz. <laughs> you were the one. Just one. <laughs> I have the higher ground. <laughs> but yeah, so that brought the sport back together. But more interestingly than even the sport's history mm-hmm. is where they are now. Yeah. And this hypercar class was the opportunity to bring IMSA and WEC closer together. Now, the significance of this is that in our American Endurance Championship, the focus was to keep it American. They wanted to try and build it around the teams and the manufacturers that were interested in participating and not become Le Mans. They mm-hmm. really didn't want to. Yeah. But as the sport has progressed and moved forward, they realized that the alliance with Le Mans was powerful. Okay, yeah. And that it was a good idea to be closer with them. Yeah. And so, because in a sense, I guess they could invite the European League over to America to do their big endurance races. Was right. It Daytona. The 24 hour of Daytona, the 24 hours of Sebring. Okay. A lot yeah. of these bigger events in the US, which are, you know, have just as much 
relevance and clout yeah. as as uh, it, as almost as Le Mans. Le Mans, again, yeah. is just the oldest as, one yeah, of it's, these. Yeah. So it's hard to beat the original. Tons of heritage. And, yeah, but again, still crazy races. Super cool. And, and a lot of these manufacturers do have interest in it. So IMSA and World Endurance Championship, WEC, came together to create hypercar class as something that could r- manufacturers could make cars that would qualify for both series and then be able to run across both of those major continents and, and throughout their calendars. So that is where we currently are now, is that IMSA has now qualified a lot of their classes in order to be something that can also work in Le Mans, which is cool because now all these teams can be relevant stateside and also be relevant cool. abroad, which I think is just super, super rad. Way cool, yeah. The classes that exist in these series start at Hypercar, go to LMP2, which is a spec series. Then they have the GT classes. There's a pro class and an AM class. Now, they look a little bit different between IMSA and WEC, but they're pretty much the same things. Mm. But again, IMSA is a really cool sport on its own. Tons of standalone events that are super fun to watch, and they race in cool places. I would definitely suggest that if you you know are interested in any of the Motor Trend TV shows, you want to subscribe to Motor Trend Plus, they do have all of the IMSA races in mm. highlight form, or you can watch them live, yeah. or you can just watch them back once they're yeah. finished. I have watched a few yeah. since I have started getting into cars and sports and car sports. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> Those things. Uh, but I think I was watching the 24 Hours of Daytona this year. It happens early in the calendar, January. Yeah, one of my favorite things about it. So, And I just turned it on and was watching it like I do sometimes golf where it's just in the background and I'm working on my laptop or I'm just doing something and it's like a full day thing. So I'm like, Oh yeah, I can just check in because it's a 24 hour thing. Yeah. So it's super long race. Yeah. So it's just like golf. Right. (laughs) Totally. Well, and you know, again, the names of the people who have participated in these events that have made Mm -hmm. them substantial are, are part of why they have so much heritage. It's, it's not just the manufacturers, but it's also the drivers and it's also the types of cars. Mm. And so, I mean, we'll put it this way as well. For those of you who might be listening that are interested in just analog, cool, old things, mm-hmm. there's some synergy between automotive and a lot of like mechanical old things, which is why watch culture and cars go together. Mm-hmm. So kind of synonymously that Rolex is this main sponsor for the 24 hours of Daytona. And when you win it, you win a Rolex watch. That's cool. Part of the reason that's significant is that the highest auctioned, highest dollar auction watch ever was Paul Newman's Rolex Daytona. Mm -hmm. And that significance is because Paul Newman had won the 24 hours of Daytona. That's nuts. Yeah. (laughs) So wild. Pretty cool. Paul Newman is an actor. If you don't know who Paul Newman is, but you don't know who he is, Google him and maybe stop listening. Come on. Come on. <laughs> Other cool winners. Nico Holkenberg is a winner oh, yeah. of the Le Mans. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Alonso Fernando. Fernan- Fernando. <laughs> Fernando Alonso is a winner of Le Mans. So yeah, really cool stuff. Uh, we'll give a shout out to Don for his email. Well, we'll read this bit that he sent in. Yeah. Um, and he's talking about the time when these two different leagues of endurance racing kind of came together. Um, he says he wants to give a hat tip and a super sky point to my friend Greg. Rest in peace. He introduced me to sports racing, and he was a huge fan of one of the series, and there was two. There was the ALMS and Grand Am. You mentioned Grand Am. Yeah. And he says they had lots of conversations over many beers about which series would eventually swallow the other, like which one is going to be the best. He said that, and they never dreamed that they'd figure out how to merge the two and go back to uh, the IMS, the IMSA. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he's like, but thankfully, as Greg and I were attending the 2011 Grand Prix of Baltimore, um, news started to spread over social media and all the fans at the track side that things had worked out and they were going to merge everything for the 2012 season. 
And then they spent the rest of the afternoon and the evening talking with everyone we met about what the news series would be like. I told you about my friend Doug, the Mercedes fan a few weeks ago. Yo, Doug. We were asking about, tell us about your friends. Yep. Thank you for filling that. <laughs> thank you for, fill, for fulfilling that, Don. Exactly. And he's telling us about his other friend. And Greg is Doug's older brother and the most knowledgeable race fan I've ever met. Oh, cool. So thanks for telling us about your friends and about your cool experience. And Super awesome telling story. us to get on it with IMSA. Yeah. Thank you for we kind of the nudge. all of that. Yeah. yeah and definitely. shout out to Greg. Yeah. Thank you, Greg, Don, and Doug. Exactly. So, if you want to, check out some endurance racing. All right. Shifting gears again. Yo. We're going to... We have a listener who wrote in some questions. Yo. Um, and if you want to write in questions to the show, we love questions. We love them. So, and then if you need to know, it's dosshossboys at gmail.com. Or just send us messages on our Instagram, hoss.boys on Instagram. Follow us and then share us and we'll keep growing. And we'll, and we'll keep, we'll keep we answering. Do, yeah, we do get a lot of new people writing in questions, which is fun. And we read them all, even if we can't get to them each week. Exactly. This, uh, these two questions is a two-parter. This comes in from Brittany. Aye. She starts out, she says, which track is the prettiest? Oh, well, we know the answer to this one. Mike always has it off the top of his head. <laughs> Spa, Belgium, is mm. by far my favorite just because it's so mountainous. It's so pretty. There's all these big, beautiful trees. And it's also the track that kind of gives us those variables of the occasional rainstorm, which just adds to how green and lush and beautiful it is. Probably in next up in my mind would be Austria because it is equally green, Mm. has some elevation changes. And this is another thing that if you've listened for a while, you might have heard me say, I do think that racetracks that have hills and Mm -hmm. those opportunities to kind of see some of that elevation change, those kinds of things just make for a really beautiful racetrack. Really pretty racetrack. Yeah. I would have to agree. I don't know a lot of them, but I do know which one is not the prettiest. Uh Uh-oh. Which one is that? (laughs) (laughs) I've been to this one. Uh Uh-oh. Circuit of the Americas in Austin. Austin. That Texas Grand Prix is (laughs) eh, fun Grand Prix, crazy weird track, but seriously in the middle of just like a ugly field. Dirt field. Not a lot of mountainy pine trees and (laughs) gorgeous scenery in the background. Just field. Just sort of. And caught in like dirt, Texas, honestly. And just like, <laughs> yeah, it's like the next lot over is just a junkyard. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, for real. That's what it is. You're it's just like, the outskirts of Austin. You're like, oh, this is where all of the other race cars go. <laughs> that they, they just go done, to die. They just go here to yeah. stop the Hudson Hornets over here. So you have that spectrum. <laughs> yeah. On a spectrum of Coda to Spa. Yeah. How pretty are you i'm glad that america has the ugliest (laughs) (laughs) it's just par for the course totally okay her other part question okay and this will get us thinking she says how many other formula one racers have side gigs like daniel ricardo he says and which one is the most successful it's a good question that is something we haven't really addressed yeah and if you don't know daniel ricardo he is a backup driver for red bull right now correct but he is uh favorite of the podcast has right, won a definitely. lot of grand prix yeah. great driver and he has his own clothing line he has his own wine his own vineyard correct and both are very successful they're both cranking his clothing line on chante he just did a commercial with Kristen bell to launch the new line <laughs> yeah so he's and and they sell out quick totally and he's crushing it yeah he's definitely done well with that so do any other drivers 
have some sort of side hustle? Well, I know that off the top of my head that Fernando Alonso yeah. has Kimoa, which Kimoa. is an a eyewear brand. I never knew that it was an eyewear brand. Yeah. I <laughs> no, really, didn't really didn't know. know. <laughs> yeah. It's like sunglasses and okay. and just frames and stuff like that. But they also have like apparel. But for the most part, the the bread and butter is the glasses. Mm-hmm. The as since he's joined Aston Martin, he no longer wears a Kimoa hat. In previous seasons, he would immediately put a Kimoa hat on before and after races. It's, Correct. Yeah, he was always wearing it. And always rep- representing the brand. Uh, and the reason that he is no longer doing that is because Aston Martin has a contract with Oakley. Ah, uh, okay, that makes sense. And so he competing interest for yeah. That. And so he still has Kimoa. It's yeah. still his brand, but it is something that he is like contractually obligated to. Not wear yeah. and race weekends. Yeah. I think she she also mentions as like a side thing. She's like, I just remember the famous Instagram reel where they're asking the drivers what is their dream, like what is their ultimate goal. <laughs> oh yeah, and everyone's saying they want to be Formula One World Champion. It gets to Yuki Sonoda, <laughs> the guy driving for Alphatari, and he says, "I want to be. A, I want to own a restaurant. Want to own a restaurant." <laughs> So another question, is Yuki, does he have a restaurant? I don't does know if he, he has any, a side hustle. Does he have any ambition to be a Formula One driver? <laughs> yeah, that's a yeah. good question. So I don't think he has anything on the side. Not yet. I yeah. mean, but he also does race for an apparel brand, Yeah, which is a slightly difficult uh, thing to finagle out yeah. of. I think Lando Norris has a small little like merch. Yeah, other than him, yeah. uh, anyone else. I'm just kidding. I just want to make fun of Lando. He's the worst. <laughs> <laughs> some days he's the best some days he's the worst yeah but uh no he's he does have a little apparel brand uh i sergio perez has a little apparel okay. brand that he does but like most with. of them don't yeah but, and is it because they're just locked into all these sponsors yeah that are already trying to get their name on the car and on all their jerseys definitely the most difficult at ferrari uh-huh i know that charles leclerc has expressed interest yeah and in trying to do some apparel brands and things like that but puma has them pretty under lock and key mm. Uh, so Charles's side hustle is his Spotify releases of sad yes. piano music. <laughs> yeah. Which yeah. is just fitting. Uh-huh. It's just, yeah, don't make clothes. Just make yeah. really sad songs. We're, that, uh, <laughs> would I win a race <laughs> if I drove for Mercedes? <laughs> would it be the same if Binotto was Toto? <laughs> I can't wait until Charles starts singing with his piano tracks. He's definitely got it. I think <laughs> if just... he could get that channel his Eric Clapton, I yeah. think he can get there. He can get so there. I think Daniel Ricciardo is an anomaly that he has been able to, whatever is in his contract, to allow him to have such freedom with totally. his, his clothing that he's doing. Again, I think for the most part, it's yeah. probably race weekend specific as far as those contracts are concerned. Because mm-hmm. I have seen interviews with Fernando Alonso where he's not at the track and he's mm-hmm. wearing a Kimoa hat. Yeah. And so I think there are loopholes. It is funny, though. I If you do see, yeah, maybe not race weekend stuff, but like behind the scenes videos that people would be posting, like the drivers filming each other. Right. Some, like I've seen Lando Norris wearing one of Daniel Ricciardo's sh- recent shirts. Yeah, like Enchante stuff. Yeah, yeah, or like Toto Wolf and George Russell wearing <laughs> sweatshirts that were Daniel Ricciardo's sweatshirts. So awesome. They're good looking clothes. For sure. And it's hard to argue with. Yeah. And be super loyal to anything other than radness Yeah. when you've got somebody like Daniel Ricciardo who's your friend. Uh-huh. <laughs> so that was a good question. Yeah, yeah, great question. I mean, something to think about because I don't, I don't know if they do. He's N- definitely... Didn't you say Valtteri Bottas might have a... Oh, yeah. He has a coffee brand. Okay. And yeah. a, a gin. A gin. And a gin. Yes. 
Yeah. So, and Valtteri is... And he likes to blend them together before each race. Yes. <laughs> just, <laughs> just pound a couple... Light on the gin. Coffee <laughs> <laughs> He gets buzzed and drunk and then just goes out into that race. Like the true Aussie he is at heart. Well, thanks for writing in. Brittany, if you have any other questions, listeners, please send us in your questions. Um, and thanks for listening to the episode today. Yeah, rate us, subscribe, follow us. Follow us, share us. And we will talk to you again soon. Very soon. Thanks, guys. Bye. That's one podcast. Should I get them? Should I do it? <laughs> Carnitas? Let, let's go on an adventure. Let's oh my get gosh. some tacos. It's going to be real good. <laughs>